Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Kropp. Hey, welcome everybody. It is um, the second day of the week here on what promises to be the breaking of the uh, long, cold winter that we've had. But yet, there's hope. There really is hope. Senate Republicans remain out of the legislature denying the Democrats' ability to push their agenda. Is it working? Now, if you listen to other radio stations and you watch the news and you read the Senate Republicans' missives. The Oregon Catalyst has a press release put out by the Oregon Senate Republican office, which is Senator Tim Canope as the Senate Republican leaders, complaining about the Democrats lying about the walkout. saying he's complaining about Senate Republican leader Tim Canope in his says that the Democrats said, quote, Senate Republican Tim Canope admits the walkout is about abortion and gun safety legislation, unquote, citing the article published in the Capitol Chronicle. In response, Tim Canope says in this press release, printed dutifully by his son who runs Oregon Catalyst. Just thought you should know that. He once again reiterates that Rob Wagner, the Democrat Senate of the Senate president, the Oregon Senate, is knowingly and willfully violating the readability standard explicitly laid out in Senate rules. They've chosen, quote, Unquote, they've chosen to try to force unlawful bills, unconstitutional bills across the floor, and we're not going to allow it to happen, unquote. So, then he goes on to say, active, activist special interest. This is Tim Canopes. Folks, it's his Republican office official press release. Listen to this. Activist special interest groups have continuously lied by claiming Republicans are attempting to take away abortion rights and deny marriage equality. Yes, he's right about that. Then he's quoted as saying, one thing has become clear. Democrats are unwilling to come to the table and instead they're doubling down on an unlawful far left extreme agenda. Abortion is codified into Oregon law and same-sex marriage is settled. To suggest that Republicans are attempting to restrict abortion access and marriage equality by protesting is a desperate lie. Continuing to shield the truth from Oregonians isn't going to solve anything, unquote. So let me ask you something. Did anything I just read to you really going to make an impact and get anybody fired up? Democrats are charging that Republicans are trying to restrict access to abortion. And Republicans are saying, no, we're not. No, we're not. It's already the law. 
You, you guys are just not obeying the law in plain language. Which do you think has more power? I'm serious. You tell me. Which do you think has more power? More importantly, we're going to ask Senator Brian Boquist, who's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Now, he's an independent. He also, by the way, has a long-standing lawsuit, and we're going to talk with him about that, against how he personally has been, uh, if you want to talk about unlawfully and unconstitutionally targeted, by Senate President Courtney and now Senate President Wagner and Attorney Attorney General Ellen Rosenblum and the head lawyer that works for the legislature. We're going to talk with him about all of that. And by the way, to let you know, he is coming up with a, a document. And I'm going to pass it along to you. For those of you who want to file complaints against Attorney General, the governor, legislators, and other local officials, he's coming up with a comprehensive how-to document. How do you do that? Complete with links. He's working on it. He shared some of it with me. We'll talk with him briefly about that. But here's the point. And this leads me, by the way, to a email written by one of the great state employees who listened to this radio show, whom shall never be named. And I'm going to share that with you in a moment. Why are Republicans, here's the question I want to ask you, why are Republicans refusing to use the most powerful emotional argument there is on this issue of walkout. We're stopping 10-year-olds from having abortions or transgender surgeries by walking out. We're stopping those 10-year-olds from having abortions and transgender surgeries and treatments without their parents' consent or even knowledge. That's why we're walking out. Now, I told you the story yesterday about how I got a call from a friend of mine who attends this very large church in Eugene and how that the people's reactions to the pastor talking about House Bill 2002B They had no clue. They didn't know. Now, that's the prime reason why everybody who's a Republican ought to be talking, and that ought to be Tim Canope's response. It isn't, folks. Kim Thatcher was on another show. It wasn't, she's sticking to this line. For some reason, Republicans are afraid to go down a road that will absolutely be successful for them, and not just in this legislative session, folks, but absolutely in winning the hearts and minds for the next election. Here's what, and Art, hang on, I'll get to you in a second. 503-589-1220 is the power of Buick GMC talk line. 503-589-1220. Emails to jeff at 1220.am or jeff at kslm.news. Here's what this state employee wrote 
I was frustrated listening to another radio station's noon show where the host interviewed Senator Kim Thatcher. Senator Thatcher did not seem to understand the reason why the senators walked out, or at least she mimics the same mantra voiced by Senator Canope. The Republicans walked out because, quote, Democrats are not following a legal requirement that summaries of bills be written at an eighth grade reading level, unquote. Would it be possible to invite one or more Republican senators on your show or even interview them outside of your show? Dennis Lithicum, Kim Thatcher, yes. And explain to listeners why they are not vehemently, loudly, and energetically opposing House Bill 2002B. I would love to hear what each one is going to do to to use their own bully pulpit to champion opposition to this horrible bill instead of allowing the media to set the narrative as they're doing now. So then this same state employee writes about reading the aforementioned article in the Oregon Catalyst about Tim Canope. That was their press release. And here's what this state employee says. Disgusting article on Canope's leadership, or rather his lack of leadership in the Oregon Catalyst. We will never protect the families and children of this state with misguided and impotent leadership. Canope is afraid that if he championed, now listen to this. This is the question I'm asking you to comment on. Canope is afraid that if he championed opposition to House Bill 2002B, that the pro-abortion crowd would ruin him and any attempts to be reelected in the future. Does he care about parental rights and the health and safety and well-being of children in this state? Now, therein led me to that question. Why is it that Republicans are refusing to use this emotional issue, especially after they put out a talking points memo on it? Why? Why are they refusing to do it? And that's the question. The last sentence by this state employee, does he care, speaking about Tim Canope, does he care about parental rights? and the health, safety, and well-being of the children in this state? I think he probably does. But if he really did, why isn't that front and center? Because you know what? Parental rights crosses party lines. Parental rights crosses party lines when it comes to parents caring about their own kids' safety and well-being. This is the missed opportunity, folks. Let's go to Art, who's on the line. Art, go. Morning, Jeff. Morning. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a huge fundamental problem here. Our Republican leaders have no clue on communicating uh, what is at stake here. Okay? And it's basic. It's the most important fundamental right. And that is the First Amendment, free speech, and individuals' rights, okay, Jeff, to, uh, to those fundamental concepts, the Constitution. And while I agree with all the other stuff, because they are denying parental rights, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, the main goal here should be that 
uh, our legislators uh, want to be able to practice their First Amendment rights, communicate the issues, and have, uh, you know, the Constitution followed. Um, and, and so... Uh, what's happening here, because they don't know how to communicate, they they skirt around the issue, but they don't communicate what's at stake here. And, and, and that's just not having, you know, good, uh, how do I put this, uh, uh, messaging. Um, there should be no fear at all especially when they passed that stupid law, which was unconstitutional, that said the um, nobody can walk out unless they have these unexcused absences, uh, they lose their right to uh, run for office. I mean, that's BS, Jeff. Even though that law passed, okay, it was unconstitutional. And I did hear a little hope today that the uh, Republican Party may file suit against that fundamental right, the right to free speech and the right to do what they should be allowed to do. Thank you, Art. And I, when we come back, I'm going to share with you about the big GOP phone call last night for PCPs. It touches on that very thing Art just said back in a moment at 620. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. It's 22 minutes past the top of the hour. Senator Brian Boquist joins us at the bottom of this hour. You don't want to miss that. We'll ask him about a number of things, including the walkout, but also how he how and why he's putting together a document that'll be very helpful to you and anybody you know that's just as frustrated with seemingly unlawful activities put forward by elected officials in this state at all levels by the way school board city councils whatever doesn't have to be the legislature how we can complain about how we can use the legal system simply and easily to hold people accountable. Speaking of that, Oregon Capital Chronicle says Senator Cedric Hayden files a religious discrimination complaints on the sixth day of the Oregon Senate walkout. What's going on here? He filed the complaints, by the way, with the Bureau of Labor and Industries and the Legislative Equity Office. And he's complaining that the Senate President, Rob Wagner, violated his religious freedom by denying his request to be excused to attend church services on Saturday. He, he's a Seventh-day Adventist, goes to church on Sabbath, Saturday, even preaches there. He denied 
his opportunity. Now, this is all being set up, yes, to be litigated. In fact, thanks to uh, Avis. Tim, you can call back in 503-589-1220 as a power Buick GMC talk line. Avis sent me this, and this is from the chairman of the Clackamas County Republican Party. Hooray, and finally, Republicans in Salem have apparently grown a spine. So there was a Zoom call for the PCPs of the Oregon Republican uh, Party. And then there was a Zoom call after that from the ORP chair, Justin Huang, for the county chairs, which lasted another hour and 40 minutes as a follow-up. The caucus or the PCP Zoom call, they were hoping to have 500. They were maxed out at 630. In fact, there were a bunch that couldn't get in. Now, yes, Measure 113 is unconstitutional, I believe, federally. And I think even under the Oregon laws, it's unconstitutional. And it needs to be litigated. If there's one decent use of the Oregon Republican Party, it would be to go raise money and go file a lawsuit against this thing. You got to do it in federal court, folks. That's the good news. But we still, we have to make it. And Senate Republicans have to make this entire walkout about parental rights being lost because 10-year-olds, because Democrats are passing a bill to give 10-year-olds abortions and transgender surgeries without those parents' knowledge or consent. That's what this has to be about. That's the question I'm asking. Why isn't it about that? Are Republicans afraid of the abortion issue? If so, it defies all logic. Now, I would bet you that if somebody, if I had the money, I'd be doing it. I would be polling this and focus grouping this right now, taking their best message and using it against our best message, and then judging their best message against the Republicans' message, which I think is a loser. Doesn't move the needle. What I'm suggesting will. You tell me, 503-589-1220. That's the power of Buick GMC Talk Line. Let's talk to Tim. Tim, good morning. Hi, Jeff. Um, I provided testimony last night or yesterday afternoon on Senate Bill 819. And this is what I uh, provided it written. What, what does Senate Bill 819 do? And we're not talking about that today, but since you called, what does it do? It provides uh, educational, um, I guess you want to call it benefits, I guess equality for those that are special needs. And it has everything to do with 2002. Okay. So I I did get an email, by the way, something related to that uh, from a parent, because apparently Oregon has the ability to, um, there's a federal program that pays for moms to stay home with kids with very special needs. And other states are renewing that program. For some reason, Oregon is dragging their feet and it is a Senate bill. But anyway, go ahead. Now, this is why 819 
has everything to do with 2002. Okay. The parent foster care parent is critical in creating an environment that is stable, predictable, and supports the needs of his or her student. They help the student be successful with decisions they make. Consistency at school and home reduce confusion. Confusion has the greatest impact on the education, life choices of the student, and the reactions to outcomes. Uh, parents and foster parents understand what their child is experiencing. And in summary, it requires the summary of the bill that so requires the, the uh, parent and foster parent must give informed and written consent for the student with disability to be placed on the program. The parent and foster parent was not asked to provide consent before having an opportunity to meaningful participation in a meeting of the individualized education program. Okay, for making us aware of that, Tim. Know that. Good job on submitting testimony. Back in a moment with Senator Brian Boquist from Goway at 630. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. It's 23 minutes before the top of the hour. In just a moment, we're going to chat with State Senator Brian Boquist. You know, 90-plus day degree days are coming this weekend. If your heating, cooling system ain't working right, get it fixed now before you're suffering. Call Freedom Heating and Air, and they'll get out to your place right away and do just that. 503-580-1456-580-1456. State Senator Brian Boquist uh, rejoins us. Senator, great to have you with us. Thanks for taking some time today. Hey, Jeff. Great to be on. So you are one of the Republicans that have um, walked out of the legislative session Uh, and uh, are being accused, of course, of not doing your job. But you're the only one, the only Republican or, in your case, independent senator that has hit on what I think is the central issue that really moves the political needle here. And that is 10-year-olds having abortions and transgender surgeries without parents' consent or knowledge. So, First of all, how long is this going to last? Are Republicans going to stand firm against these unconstitutional Measure 113 provisions? And why is it they're not, are are they afraid to even mention abortion? Let me take the second one first. I don't think they're afraid to mention the abortion. I think what they're trying to do is stay unified first till next Friday, till this Friday, and I'll come back to that, and then to the following Wednesday. So let me go back to the first question you asked, which is, do they hold? Uh, you know, Senator Cano, who is the Republican leader, has done a phenomenal job 
uh, even to my surprise, I'm told him that, uh, in keeping <laughs> them together. Okay, So they, uh, on, on Friday, the first crop of about five people, five senators, including myself as an independent, uh, meet the 10-day threshold of the 10 unexcused absences that are issued out by unelected bureaucrats in, in, uh, that work for the Democrats. Then the following Wednesday, most of everybody else in the minority parties, which are primarily rural senators, all reach the 10-day threshold. Now, once you've reached the 10-day threshold, that you supposedly have 10 unexcused absences that are stamped with an auto signature by Democrat staff, uh, completely partisan, then, you know, the real issue is, is why you don't need to come back. You're supposedly ineligible, which is sort of fictitious for another day. So then at that point, what I see is the moving to your real point is, is that the parental consent issue of House Bill 2002 is top of the list. As you pointed out, uh, it would allow children much younger than 10 years old. This 10 year old thing kind of came up from bizarre questions in the Ways and Means hearings. But, you know, we're talking about child mutilation, uh, abortion, and the fact that if the parent contests does find out and contest that they can go to jail on felony counts. Uh, I think the, funny enough, JFK Jr., who's running for president on the, on the Democrat side, has said it best in this particular arena uh, that, you know, things like this are crimes against humanity. And they, individuals in this should, in fact, be charged with crimes against humanity. And funny enough, we're in the white oligarch war with, uh, with Russia and the Ukraine fighting this thing out here. And the war for the arrest of Putin, the president of Russia from the International Criminal Committee, is based on taking children away from parents. So there you go. Wow. Uh, I think what happens after Wednesday and after Friday is it settles into a long haul uh, unless someone gets captured by the state police. And I, I just want to touch this base. People have been saying, well, the state police haven't been called out, but you're a political guy. You can talk on another show about this. It's really pretty simple. The Democrats want to get 10 unexcused absences against as many individuals as possible to claim they can't come back to the legislature. And then at that point, they need to bring people back to get their quorum to pass bills like House Bill 2002 unconstitutionally. So at that point, then they will start trying to arrest individuals. So also budgets remain. The the May revenue forecast comes out on the 17th. And those budgets have yet to be passed and some big ones. So at some point, is that a point of pain for Republicans who are walking out? Or is it their leverage against the Democrats? Well, it's both a point of pain and leverage. Uh, first off, let me correct that. We passed it. it. As most people didn't know, this all started before session. There's a stack of constitutional, statutory, and rules complaints, a very three-page long list of them. This is not... 2002 just didn't jump up. This all kind of happened in a chain of events, and the Democrats have avoided the rule of law. They violated the Constitution, the statute and rules from the very beginning. It's all very well documented. The budget, what we did was pass a continuing resolution, which is rather unheard of, and so state government is fully funded until the 30th of September. That's issue one. I didn't know that. Good. Thank you for letting us know that. Thank you. So second thing is, is the plan from the beginning has been said that, you know, the Republicans have said, and the independents would agree with this, 
we are perfectly fine coming back on the last day of session, constitutional session, and passing all, suspending all of the rules and passing all the budgets so that the government continue to go on. So there is no this deal about, oh, the budget is going to do this or that. No, that's not out there. Now, you'll remember in one of the walkouts, Tina Kotek went pouting and ran to the, uh, to the podium in the House when Senator Courtney agreed to come back for that last day and passed up, and she banged the gavel down and said, no, I'm not going to negotiate, and said, and Sonny died. So it's the Democrats are the ones who could actually kill all the budgets, not the Republicans. Okay, so you've had a long-running um, series of complaints and lawsuits that really relate to individuals like Rule 27, uh, people that I work with who've been banned from the Capitol or cannot attend to the Capitol without calling the state police first, 24 hours in advance, something you had experience with. Where are your various lawsuits and complaints? Where, where are they right now? We are. Uh, we just finished a series of summary judgments on both sides. First, uh, citizen, I think most of your viewers may know, we filed in court. The judge said no. Uh, legislators are sort of immune and, you know, too bad, too sad. Then we appealed to the Ninth Circuit Court pro se, myself. I wrote all of this so every one of your individuals out there can do it themselves. I went all the way to the Ninth Circuit by myself without a lawyer. The Ninth Circuit said, no, this does look like political retribution. There is freedom of speech and freedom of assembly that have been violated clearly and sent it back to the district court to hear that the rest of the case. We, are, we just did filed summary judgments. Uh, the attorney general who represents the legislature in violation of the Oregon separation of powers, we saw that on HB 2002 just this week uh, in the courtroom in Marion County. Uh, the attorney general continues to argue that, you know, uh, the, 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 the Senate committee, or not necessarily the Senate committee, Senator Brzezanski, Senator Manning, and Senator Courtney could do whatever they wanted to do uh, because, you know, it, it had to do about employee safety and, and along that line and ignore free speech of legislators and elected officials. Now that continues to counter the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruling, but where we are right now is the full court or the courtroom portion will be sometime in August of this year. And we will continue to push back to try and ensure that future generations of legislators and citizens have freedom of speech and freedom of assembly in the Capitol. Uh, so we kind of march forward along that way. I would be most interested, uh, my email address is online. If anybody out there has been denied access to the Capitol or is being regulated by the state police to go to the Capitol or regulated by, uh, president, uh, uh Wagner or speaker Rayfield, I'd very be interested in, like to know what that story is because there are more things in the happenings out there. And there are a whole series of ways to file complaints. I just want to point out to everybody that Shemaya Fagan was not voted out of office last week. So what happened? Shemaya Fagan came under pressure because citizens started pressuring other elected officials, not just the legislature. They started complaining to the, the uh, governor, to the attorney general, who were all holding fast, supporting, you know, Secretary Fagan until the water started boiling outside and they abandoned her. And so she was forced to resign, as you well know. And of course, that same thing applies to Ellen Rosenblum, the attorney general who is, you know, unconstitutionally violating the separation of powers almost every day, including in the OLCC. Remember the OLCC situation, her lawyers told the OLCC commission what to do. And then in order to protect her lawyers, 
She started a second criminal investigation so nobody could find out what her own lawyers did. The corruption is so deep in Oregon, individuals need to get up and start filing complaints themselves and participate in the change of our government. You're absolutely right. And I hope that that's what, in you putting together this comprehensive document about how to do this at all levels, I hope that we can get that spread out there amongst the grassroots all across the state. I mean, I'll, I'll send it to Lars. Uh, I mean, and, and I know he would love to talk with you about it once you get it done. Because th- This is a frustration that we have, those of us who want to fight back, but just really don't know how, Brian. Well, it is indeed. And the other thing is, is we're kind of evolving into a place where before the media, the mainstream media controlled everything. Well, now it's a case in which with social media, despite all of the censorship from the big tech companies in bed with with big government, the establishment is, is it gets out quickly and they can't stomp it out fast enough. And it's like the old balloon game where you're stomping on one balloon and it jumps up. And what we're trying to do is provide citizens an avenue in which they can make complaints directly about the attorney general about the chief justice for example you know we're getting questions like how did she possibly swear in floyd Przanski, who under under the constitution cannot serve under separation of powers and two lucrative offices wagner and the rest of them so that's the direction we're trying to go senator brian boquist folks send him an email if you have a story about being not allowed into the Capitol under special rules. Thanks, Senator. Wish you the best. Take care. 648, back in a moment. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. We are back. It is 10 minutes till the top of the hour. I want to thank Eric Azer, Righteous Renovations, for being one of our show sponsors. Thank you. Folks, if you're looking for a contractor who's really, really good at coming into your home and doing a you know, sensitive remodel project, you know, like a bathroom or a kitchen, he's your guy. Check out his website and you'll see it for yourself. Before and after photos and Every bit as important, the actual customer testimonials. But happy customers. RighteousRenovations.com. That's the name of his company, RighteousRenovations.com. Check it out. By the way, spread the word about something that Senator Boquist uh, just brought up that I had neglected to talk about. And I appreciate him reminding me. And it's, it's this. If you're under House Bill 2002B, if you object as a parent to your child getting transgender treatments or getting an abortion, you could go to jail. Now think, let let that sink in. Now it, it gets me to an email by the way, the number to call is five. If you want to comment on this, 503-589-1220 is the Power of Buick GMC talk line. As soon as uh, Senator Boquist, by the way, gets his document done about how to file a complaint at all kinds of levels. And I am referring him, by the way, to 
Rebecca, who calls this show because she is, you have, as know, she is barred from the Capitol unless she calls the state police 24 hours in advance. She needs to talk to Senator Boquist about this. Yes, and Anne-Marie writes and says, Boquist tells important thing. Focus. Focus on the message and focus on the jail time, folks. It's one thing to have your child, in essence, be removed from your parental rights when it comes to certain things. It's a whole nother thing for you to stand up for your rights as a parent and then go to jail because you did. I got an email from Michael who has another twist to this. I want you to listen to this for a moment. He says the government set up the Department of Health and Human Services inside that there inside of which there is child protective services. If I was to allow my child, my 10-year-old to undergo transgender surgery or an abortion, CPS would be all over me with a microscope. So how is that it's okay for government who in essence sets up child protective services to protect child welfare and child well-being not is speaking up about this bill? I mean that it shouldn't even be on the floor. And then he goes on to talk about how his family, his wife, who has a high risk during pregnancy, um, how they sent their kids to their respective uh, grandparents and how he's had run-ins with the government. And he concludes by saying, to me, it's a double standard, telling me that citizens have a different standard than the government and that the government can do whatever they want because we have to abide by the laws. Love your show, Jeff, and I try not to miss it in the morning, but you know life on a dairy farm. Yes, I do. So Michael brings up an important point. Right now, what House Bill 2002 is saying is allowing government to do is illegal for you as a parent today. Double standards of government. People hate it. And they should hate it. There's some other things out there that I'm I'm not going to get to. Uh, I wish I could, including, you know, moms. There's a mom's gun control group in Colorado that is urging the Colorado governor by executive order to ban all firearms in the state. Not just some, but all. He doesn't have the power to do that. He's a Democrat. There's so much more to talk about. I got to go to the phones. Let's go to Rich. Rich, good morning. Morning. Uh, two things real quick. <clears throat> uh, one, this, this thing about what they're trying to do to the kids is terrible. However, let's not lose sight of the idea that this may be something they're throwing in front of our face that we're not watching something else we need to. Second thing is, and this is kind of uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek 
comedy, or uh, to me, it's a. Uh, I have to say that you were wrong about BoQuest. Uh, How so? You, well, you call him a Republican. I call him conservative, independent. Before I'd call him a Republican. Well, uh, fair enough. <laughs> I'll accept that criticism. <laughs> You're right too. <laughs> So that's what I yeah. that's what I had for you. Also, uh, I'm not too sure they're up to the challenge of whatever they talked about last night on their meeting. Well, we'll see. We'll see if the Republican Party can get their. I mean, the state Republican Party can get their act together and be useful in terms of doing what needs to be done. And there needs to be a federal lawsuit filed against. Measure 113. It's unconstitutional. Now, when, when, as Brian, Senator Boquist, articulated, the dates are this Friday and next Wednesday, when these senators who've walked out reach the 10-day maximum. They then become injured parties. I think then they can sue. So will the Republican Party raise the money to do the lawsuit? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. It's it's that's a call shot. Uh, my uh, hopes are they will, but if I look at past practices, they'll just roll over. I hope not. Uh, if they do, you can kiss the Republican Party goodbye of this state, because a lot of people are just finished with the Republican Party and its leadership. That's why it's changing at the local level, and that's good. That's how the system should be. Rich, thank you. I appreciate that. Folks, there's lots of things uh, on the Gateway Pundit that I wish I could talk about. Carrie Lake's lawsuit is going back to trial on May 17th, 18th, and 19th. Uh it's a gateway pundit story. And then there's a story about a man who unleashes deadly fury after seeing intruders holding his son at gunpoint and tasing his dog. This is in Tennessee. A homeowner shot and killed two, killed, shot two intruders and killed one of them. And he's not going to face any charges. Can you imagine what would happen to that guy if he were in Portland or even Salem? There would be enormous pressure to charge him. You have rights. Better stand up and defend him, otherwise you're going to lose them, folks. That's why you need to pray, and then you need to be active. We'll be back tomorrow, and I hope you will be too. Oh, so man.